0: Hey, everyone. This is Kelly Donahue, and you're listening to FCBA Unplugged, a podcast for you and about you, the amazing, diverse and talented members of the FCBA. On today's show, I catch up with Diane Holland, a legal advisor to FCC Commissioner Starks and currently the FCBA's assistant treasurer. Catching up with Diane was a real treat. Man, she is whip smart, and of course, she's a legend in the telecom space. But here was my big takeaway from my time with Diane. She is a really good human being. She is kind, she's spiritual, and she cares really deeply about the environment. In fact, so much so that she's written not one, but two children's books about environmental conservation and is a board member of a pretty awesome environmental group um, based out of Annapolis. I also learned some fun facts about Diane during our lightning round of questions, including her first concert, her celebrity crush, and the most interesting condiment in her fridge. Enjoy. Diane Holland, great to see you. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me, Kelly. Um, I'm excited to talk to you. I've listened to some of the other podcasters, and you know, I'm I'm ready to jump in.
0: Well, I am super ready to jump in. I have to tell you, I'm chomping at the bit to talk about one thing in particular. Huh. Now, I know you have an amazing resume. You have like an amazing resume. You're, you're Thank legal, you. Thank <laughs> you, legal advisor to Commissioner Starks at the FCC. You've been former VP at US Telecom. FCC various roles i mean just amazing but the thing i am dying to talk to you about is your children's books
1: oh wow you
0: are <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? you are an author of two children's books tell me more about that
1: i am so let's see i had started getting Really, I, I want to, I won't call myself a tree hugger, but um, I have this really uh, good friend who had started like a lifestyle com- company. And, you know, she focuses a lot on just teaching people how to be more environmentally conscious, how to be green. And, you know, so she sort of started a spark in me. And uh, at that time, my son was about four or five. And so I started looking for children's books that I could use to read to him just to get him, you know, try to get him excited about conservation and everything. So um, I couldn't find anything. So I just, you know, decided, why don't I write a book? And I have no idea why I decided, why don't I write a book? Um, maybe I had some downtime. I, I just, I just thought, you know, if there's not a book out there, maybe I'll write a book. I also have this amazing nephew He's um, an artist, but Aww. he um, um, makes most of his money waiting tables and doing other odd jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I thought he's a great artist. Why don't I get him to, um, to illustrate for me? And so I just, I started thinking of what I wanted to say and I came up with this book. Here, let me show it to you. I know our oh. listening audience can't see it. Oh, they're lost my game. Oh, look at this. <laughs> it's called Easy to be Green. I would offer to do a dramatic reading, but I won't um, spend that much time on that. But in any event, it basically tells the story. What if you woke up one day and, you know, there were no more trees and there was all this 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 smog and, and the world, you know, just had gone to pot? What would you do if you could do something about it? Right. And, and then the book goes through and tells you what you can do to... Keep the world from ending up in that place. You can take shorter showers. You can turn the water off when you're brushing your teeth. You can plant a tree.
0: All oh, kinds of things. Oh, I so, love that. I love that. And what's your other book? The second book is. I love God that you have Green. them right here. I Who do. This?
1: <laughs> it's called God Is Green, oh. and this book sort of wrote itself. I I also, in addition to just my belief that we all should be taking better care of the planet. I also um, on a spiritual basis, you know, strongly believe that God put us to the task of taking care of the earth. And, And there are Bible verses that sort of speak to that. And so going through and looking at sort of the connection between taking care of the earth from a biblical perspective and just from an environmental perspective, I thought this is a book. And honestly, it sort of wrote itself.
0: Where can folks find these books? It, it would be great if we could uh, point point our listeners to um, the, the I links. I used to have them. Yeah, I used to have them for sale on the book,
1: but I just sort of closed down all of that. But if anybody really wants a copy of these books, I'm not. You know, I I used to have them for sale, not anymore. But just reach out to me; I'd be happy to get a copy of the books to you.
0: Now, you you are very active on some boards when it comes to um, environmental issues, right? Uh, I
1: am, uh, I currently serve on the board of a just wonderful organization here in Annapolis. It's called Annapolis Green. And I think they are probably most known for their events called Green Drinks. Oh. Uh, back back in the before time, before, <laughs> before <laughs> like everything that. shut down, um, once a month, they would have um, just a get together, typically, you know, a restaurant or or a bar or even an outside setting and um, like-minded folks come together, um, Mm -hmm. pay a fee to come in. That would help to support the organization. And they would always have a a guest that was, um, you know, just talking about something that was, you know, about being uh, environmentally conscientious. We haven't been able to do green drinks, obviously, recently, but one of the things that uh, we were able to do before it got too cold outside was, was we had this um, program that was uh named kick gas mm. uh, oh, kick that's, gas <laughs> that's very clever <laughs> just just to be clear and
0: um, that took it took me a hot it, second was, there <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um there was this uh showcase basically of electric vehicles mm. um and so you could come out you not test drive but you could come and you could take a look and you could learn all about electric vehicles and the owners were there with their cars another uh cutely named project we have is kick butt b-u-t-t for cigarette butts (laughs) not everybody yeah not everybody knows that cigarette butts have plastic in them and so you know you smoke a cigarette and you just toss them on the ground just like the plastic bottles they take forever to decompose etc so there's Mm -hmm. this big campaign especially around downtown annapolis and and pick up um cigarette butts So, yeah, it's it's a great organization. Uh, Well,
0: you know what? You just educated me. I had no idea that cigarette butts had plastic in them. And, you know, that is one of those kind of remaining. I don't want to say it's acceptable because it's not acceptable to throw anything on the ground. But I think you see that's that's a piece of that's like trash that you still see commonly on the ground. So that is that's. I, that is really interesting and that's a great cause. Have you, um, have you ever, or maybe you have, there, it's already in the works, but have you ever thought of kind of linking your passion for the environment with the FCBA work?
1: I'm often looking for ways to do that. Honestly, you know, it's a bandwidth issue, you know, but oh, you know, yeah. if something occurs to me that I think, you know, and, and I can get, especially if I can get, you know, some other folks on board, I'd I'd love to, to spearhead something like that. It's it's something that's always sort of you know in the in the middle of my mind, if not the forefront.
0: Well, I think maybe we can um, use this opportunity in this podcast platform to solicit <laughs> some volunteers for a new FCBA committee on environmental stewardship, and uh, you know how I, well even at my prior law firm, I think we were making an effort to go to to not use plastic cups yeah. in the kitchen area and use, you know, uh, compostable straws. So there's yeah. even even little things around the edges, make it a fun contest. There's so much room. So I think we all should should
1: just be thinking longer term about, you know, this, this one planet we have to live on.
0: Yeah. I mean, no, we have I have to
1: make sure it, it stays, stays healthy.
0: I, I you know, I, I don't want to say they're I, I use the term silver linings very carefully when I'm talking about the pandemic, but I will yeah. say that I think that the earth has hopefully healed a little tiny bit in this past year and yeah. we've all yeah. given it room to to breathe and restore.
1: There's evidence that says that has happened. So yeah, silver linings. I'll, I'll take, take it. I'll take them wherever I can find them. <laughs>
0: Right. Well, speaking of the pandemic, I mean, we're all sitting at home in our pajama bottoms. What's uh, what's keeping you sane while we're 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 hopefully seeing the light at the end of this tunnel, but while we're still in it? Well, you know, I, I have always been a person who
1: relies on prayer to keep me centered. So, you know, doing more than my share of that. Just also connecting with, with family, you know, I'm just, it's just my, my husband and my son here, but, you know, we, we do more things together. We always sort of made a point of eating dinner together, but, you know, we, we try to spend a little bit, you know, more quality time together instead of just sort of going into our respective corners of the house. Um, a lot of binge watching, a lot of binge watching. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of the probably 5% of, people who did not watch Game of Thrones.
0: So, <laughs> oh, are you watching now?
1: Well, I I finished it. I oh, you had did. actually started watching it some time ago. I started watching it, but I only got to the third season. And I figured that there was so there was so much time that had passed, I went back and started from episode 1, season 1. And I uh, you know, it I have a love-hate relationship with Game of Thrones because <laughs> it's just so <laughs> Grizzly and gruesome, but I, I just gripping. I I could barely stop watching. And I, I my son who's he's 17, he was he was hilarious. He's like, Mom, every time I walk by the TV and you're watching that, somebody's getting, you know, stabbed. And I was like, Yeah, it's it's just that kind of show. But um, so that was great. Um I don't do a lot of like Hardcore reality show watching, but mm-hmm. I have to say that I got hooked on The Masked Singer.
0: <laughs> oh, what is this one? I have not heard of this one. Wow, The Masked Singer. No, I'm writing this down. The Masked Singer. Okay. Yeah.
1: So you know, I, I I was one of those people who loved American Idol, and you know, me too. And I stopped. I didn't watch it on the the second iteration of it, but The Masked Singer. It's the concept was just so far fetched, and I thought. That's just silly until a cousin who I like very much said she watched it. I was like, okay, you have to tell me about this show. So the mass Singer is, there is, uh, so you start out the season, there are, I don't know, maybe 12 people who, some sing professionally, some don't, some, but they're all famous people for some reason. Oh, okay. And they have a costume and they come in front of this panel of celebrities and they sing a song. And at the end of the episode, someone gets voted to reveal themselves. Okay. Um, and sometimes the voices are really, really easy to figure out. So like Patty LaBelle, who has a voice like nobody else. I knew from the time she hit her first note that it was her. But um, some of these other folks, I want to say, was it Gronkowski? It was what some really big football player who you know, you wouldn't have known it was a singer, got revealed to be singing on the Masked Singer. And they give clues about the the celebrity. So it's not just the voice, because when they're talking to you, they disguise the voice, but they don't disguise the voice when, when they're singing, Right. but they give clues about it. So it's not only hearing them sing, but also picking up on the clues that they give every week totally addictive and i hope people don't judge me too harshly but i love the bass singer
0: (laughs) i am going to check this out because a i love i love all of i love the voice i love and i'm a singer Uh, (laughs) but i love all I, i you know it's funny whenever um one of those, uh, little clips from the voice or American idol come through my Facebook feed of one of those feel good stories. I, it's like, I always have a little tear in my eye after, especially if it's a little kid that just shocks everyone or, you know, down on their luck story. But, um, I love those shows, but, this one sounds like it's got a really unique spin with the, the celebrity angle. What kind of costumes do they wear? Is it like. A... Oh, just outlandish. <laughs> there was... Like a Chewbacca costume or what? <laughs> yeah,
1: just they usually pick something that says something about it. So there was a sun. There was a, a pink flamingo i think there was one couple that actually were like two lovebirds in a cracked open egg um how do they
0: sing then do they sing from the egg
1: no so they're (laughs) completely covered and there's a microphone in their costume so that's what they sing but yeah anyway it's you have to the concept of it was so silly to me i never thought in a million years i'd watch it i watched one episode and was hooked
0: I love it. You know what? I watch everything right now. I watch everything, anything that's on TV. I've, I have watched or will watch or it's, or it's, you know, uh, bookmarked for my, I like you, I'm consuming so much uh, TV right now, Diane, it's just uh, terrifying. And with that, I'm consuming, you know, equal amounts of Rice Krispie treats and chocolate which is yeah. really not so good but yeah um, honestly
1: my job doesn't always afford me a lot of time to watch tv but you know I try to save
0: my weekends for
1: binge watching because it's not like I'm going out somewhere good for <laughs> you
0: good for you it's uh you know we all have to have our guilty pleasures that's what yeah. life is all about um so I don't want to take up too much more of your time um I I I thought it would be fun just to kind of do a speed round of questions. Uh, just, just to let folks, uh, you know, know a little bit more about you. They, they can read your bio on LinkedIn and everybody knows, you know, you're super awesome in the telecom space, but I thought it would be fun just to do this little speed round of, of Q and a just, just for giggles. You want to give it a shot? Okay, give it a shot. Sure. <laughs> All right. Before I before I go into that, actually, I'm curious. You grew up in, you grew up in this area, right? You so you mentioned you're in Annapolis actually, now, but I grew up in Virginia Beach,
1: okay. Um, which is not quite as glamorous as it sounds. We really didn't go to the beach that much in the summer because it was just overrun with tourists. Hmm. So, um, but you know, it, it's it's a great town. My father was in the military. It's a big military town. Incidentally, just like Annapolis is a big military town because of uh, of the um, the military mm-hmm. academy, the, the Naval Academy. Yeah. Uh, my husband, my husband grew up in Annapolis, and so when we first okay. got married, we were in Silver Spring, and then we moved here. Uh, we found a great house, and and so we're close to his family.
0: You actually shared a really fun story about what made you want to be a lawyer. Can oh, you tell yeah. our listeners a little bit about that, Diane? Yeah, so
1: it was 11th or 12th grade, one of my uh, classes, uh, and and the assignment we had for the end of the year was to do a mock trial. Um, And, you know, we were picking different roles to play, and I for some reason, I, I think I either asked to be one of the lawyers or, you know, my teacher thought I should be one of the lawyers, probably the latter because, you know, of my personality. But in any event, um, I was chosen to represent the father in a divorce case. So it was a divorce case with some custody issues. And um, out of five mock trials with sort of the same players, mine was the only trial where the father won custody of the children. That's and so cool. in, I, yeah, it was very cool. And my teacher said, you know, this thing just happened. And that probably means you should think about being a lawyer. Um, what what he didn't know at the time was, um, and this was in the 70s. So my parents um, got a divorce when I was in middle school. And my father got custody of me and my sister, the only two of us who were still young enough to, you know, to go to one of my parents. So I I sort of, I don't know whether that influenced me in a particular way, but it was sort of a real life, you know, thing for me. And it wasn't so odd in my view, in my view, for the father to get custody of his children, because fathers are parents too. So, but Absolutely. yeah, that, that sort of wet my appetite for becoming a lawyer.
0: And then at what point did you realize you wanted to hone in on telecom law? Uh, that happened
1: quite by accident. Um, you know, in law school, I did take communications law because I liked the professor and I also took administrative law, but I had no designs on working for the federal government, first of all, and second of all, in communications law. Um, 1996 happened to be the same year that I was finishing my master's program at Georgetown Law Mm -hmm. and the FCC was hiring new attorneys to help implement this huge new telecommunications act of 1996. Mm -hmm. And You know, I was applying to different places and I said, oh, this could be a thing. (laughs) You know, maybe I'll just apply, see if they, you know, and plus it was the office of general counsel that was hiring and I had been a litigation associate in a firm for a couple of years. So I figured, well, maybe I can just, you know, do appellate litigation for a while before I figure out what I really want to do. And I was hired. Uh, along with 15 or 16 other attorneys in that same hiring. Wow. Uh, And Yeah, and most of us were immediately detailed to go work in other bureaus uh, with the thought that we would come back and do appellate litigation at some point. And I was assigned to work on... Uh, again, dating myself, uh, work in the Common Carrier Bureau, which no longer exists, but on enforcement matters. Um, And I got to work on some of the early 271 proceedings. If you don't know what that is, great, because (laughs) no one needs to know what that is anymore. But it was a thing back then that everybody knew what it was. Um, And I just, I fell in love with the subject matter i I fell in love with working at the fcc um i i had 10 or 11 different jobs while i was at the fcc the first time around um left for a few years and you know it's it's great to be back i i only had two months in the office uh before we had to leave uh because of covid so i really don't feel like i got a chance to, you know, sort of get back there and walk the halls and get around the building. But it's really been great being back at the FCC and, of course, working for uh, a great boss like Commissioner Starks. Yes. Well, this, this,
0: this was a long, a long detour from my, uh, from, from my, <laughs> my, my, my lightning round questions, but uh, I really wanted to, to get some of those uh, question, other questions in. But are you still up for a, a round of uh, lightning round? Absolutely. I'm saying around a lot, aren't I? Um, that's okay. <laughs> sorry, that's what editing's for. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, first question Last book you read? The last book
1: I read is Stay With Me by Ayobami Adebayo. Just, I, I'm in this, I have to say this. I know it's a lightning round, but I just. Oh, no, to it doesn't mean you, you can't expand on it. It's okay. <laughs> I am in this wonderful book club. We call it the busy women's book club. We are entering our 24th year. Wow. 24. And the way that we've lasted so long is because we only meet four times a year. And uh, at our December meeting, we all bring book choices and, you know, sort of propose them. And then we vote on which four books we're going to read. For the next year, we have our meetings in March, June, September, and December. When we were still meeting in person, it was it was potluck. Whoever was hosting gets to pick to th- pick the theme. So we'd all bring food and wine, and we'd have just a great time discussing the books. And um, so this was one of the books that that someone proposed we read for. Uh, 2021, I'm sorry, we're in, yeah, for 2020, yes. um, the last book in 2020, um, we also read, last year, we read um, White Fragility, which is kind of one of those books, this, this kind of apropos for the times, uh, we read Becoming by Michelle Obama last year, so, you know, a lot, oh. so a lot of the books you've heard, but, but we started out as a book club that would read African-American women,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Because as our founder, Pam Smith, put it, you know, a lot of other, a lot of authors, you know, have big audiences. There are too many women of color writing books and, and not getting them read. So we we started out and for the first, I don't know, maybe six or seven years, that's all we read. And mm-hmm. then we sort of branched out. We read a couple of men. We read, um, you know, uh, different ethnicities. We've read you know, Jewish, we've read just all all types of books now, but we we sort of stick to our core of reading, um, you know, especially women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've had divorces, babies born, people becoming grandparents. It's It's been an amazing, amazing journey. We've decided we're going to go through 25 years that will be 100 books. And I have a feeling, though, that we'll keep Probably keep reading <laughs> or keep keep doing something. Maybe doing one one gathering a year. But anyway, um, I just wanted to to share because that's been one of the the sort of the steady things in my life for the past twenty years that has has just you know been there, and it's also it's also kept me you know reading a lot of authors and types of books that I otherwise I would not have read.
0: Yeah, book clubs are amazing for that, just to expand your palette and your horizons yep. and and have an opportunity to build community around that is just, you know, makes it extra special. Is everybody in the club locally based or do they travel from, you know, from Everybody's
1: afar? Actually, we have um, two members who live in the Philly area. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when we were still in person, they would drive down because it's you know it's four times a year. Right, they would you, drive can hang, down, you can manage it um, right. and 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 make it. Um, we have had our oldest member has since passed away was actually the mother of the woman who founded it. Um, just a wealth of information. Just I, I can't even imagine. I I, I can't even. T- I could talk for an hour about this this book club. But in any event, um, we've had um, younger um, folks come through the book club. I've invited my daughter, you know, or to to read a book or sometimes people people. people have brought in their, you know, one of their daughters to, to read a particular book with us. So, um, we have never had a man at a meeting, which is probably okay, but okay. (laughs) A lot of lawyers, but not all lawyers. I mean, we have someone who was working at the Washington post and who's now a retired, retired from that, but has her own yoga practice. Um, we have um, legal assistants. we have folks who have nothing to do with with the legal profession. So just women from all different different walks of walks of life and you know just a, just an amazing group.
0: That's really incredible. I think for your 25th a beachside book club meeting oh, yeah. is oh, yeah. is warranted. I'm just I'm just putting
1: that out there. <laughs> no, no, we and, and don't think we have not you know thought of that. We're we're plotting uh, as to where how we can make this the the last meeting of our 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 last year extra special. And we all thought of going to a place, not someone's home, but you know just taking a a long weekend or even a longer trip and and you know some tropical island and and you know, going out with a bang.
0: I, I fully support that. And I'd love to get a list of some of your favorite books. Cause I'm, I'm trying, uh, you know, I was a voracious reader, uh, when I was younger and when I had kids, I just did just really put it down for, you know, reading for enjoyment for a number of years. And in this past year, I've been trying to pick it back up. So maybe we yeah. can share a few of your favorites, um, I'd love uh, on, to the, do that. on the website afterwards. Awesome. Yeah, I'd love that. Cool. Awesome. All right. I'm I'm going on to the next question. Here we go. Um, First live concert.
1: The Jacksons, Michael Jackson and his brothers. Oh, my gosh. You couldn't tell me anything. I was, I think, 12 or 13. And my older sister uh, took me and the sister who's a year and a half older than me. So it was both of our first concerts. And it was, it was just amazing. It was Michael Jackson. I mean, you know,
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can't, you know, I, I I have a uh, (laughs) close, close, but not quite the same. I, I, my first concert was Janet Jackson. So at least I got one of the Jackson family and it was still a spectacular, oh, she's an amazing dancer and just a great performer. But I think I would swap out Janet for the full Jackson family. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. Um, next power question. Most unusual condiment in your refrigerator right now. That would be Jamaican jerk sauce. No, I don't think I've ever had Jamaican jerk sauce. What does that Well,
1: you've never had jerks, jerk chicken or jerk anything. It is super, super spicy. That That's is probably why I've never. Best. Yeah, peppery Irish. and spicy. Um, potatoes are spicy for me. Well, if, if you ever venture by a, a Jamaican restaurant or any Caribbean restaurant, really, yeah. um, you know, get some anything jerk. They will you okay. know, jerk is the seasoning. So jerk chicken, I guess, is the most famous one. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I picked up some seasoning um, when I was in Jamaica almost a year ago um, and opened it and the rest is still in my, my refrigerator.
0: That sounds, that sounds delicious and maybe delicious to the less, the the people who have the spicier palates. Yeah. If, if you don't like spice, you won't like jerk. I'm always willing to try something once. We'll give it a, we'll give it a go. All right. All right. Celebrity crush. Oh,
1: well, I, I, I have to say Blair Underwood and the reason he's my celebrity crush is Maybe three years ago, I was leaving a Congressional Black Caucus gala event. And if you know anything about the CBC, the big event that they have at, at the convention center in D.C., they are star-studded celebrity. So I'm, mm. I'm I'm leaving and there's this group of people talking loudly in front of me. And so one of the guys in the group holds the door open for everybody else to go through. And I'm sort of coming behind him and he continues to hold the door flashes a big smile at me. And I literally almost melted <laughs> <in> the <laughs> moment. It was Blair Underwood. And he's like, how are you doing? I was like, fine. How are you? <laughs> oh, and, but I have to say, I immediately, when I got to the car, I called my husband who was not with me. And I said, honey, <laughs> you're not going <gonna> <laughs> to and I said, I'm really sorry, but I I really almost melted when I saw who it was. He just laughed at me. But yeah, so I'd have to say Blair Underwood. That's
0: a, that is a that is a solid solid choice, and I think the story behind it is even better.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It's
0: even more fun when you have that personal connection. All right, last question in the lightning round, and I think this is a really fun one to wrap up um, uh, our our chat. Is favorite inspirational quote. Ah, so it
1: would have to be failure is God's way of letting you know you're moving in the wrong direction. And, you know, I, I am, I'm a glass half full type person. And so I always try to look at, you know, things that don't quite go right as a learning opportunity. So I, that's that quote really just sort of helps to center me when something doesn't go quite the way I want it to go or the way I think it should go. I just, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this and keep it moving?
0: I think that is a wonderful quote. I have not heard that one, but I really wholeheartedly believe in it. I think failure is the best way to learn in some ways. Um, Because it it sticks, whatever the, whatever the lesson is, if you're willing to hear it through the, you know, through the emotion and through the feeling, it's, it's, it can be pretty powerful. Um, I agree. I totally agree. And I ask you your favorite saying. Oh, no, I don't know if I even have one. I have to think about this. How embarrassing. That's okay. I'm very much a glass half full type. You know what I think it is? You can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. OK, yeah, that's I one like of them. That one. That's one like that that's one that I've kept over over the years because, you know, I'll get antsy or or say, why isn't this thing or this thing happening or that yeah. thing happening? And I just have to stop and say, you know what? I It's everything that's, in its due course.
1: Yeah. And that's sort of an anthem for women anyway, isn't it? Because. First of all we have to do everything. <laughs> and and
0: yes ma'am.
1: And then we sort of fault ourselves when we don't do everything perfect. You know, but yeah, that's we 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 hold ourselves to, to yep. way too high high standard most yep. of the
0: time. Yep. Oh, and don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. That's another there one go. My, There we go. Now we're rolling. There you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's another one that's really really good. Um in fact, I clung to that one a lot when I started this job with uh with the commissioner because I had a feeling what the pace would be, but wow, I just had no, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it hit me like bullets and it took me a few months to sort of hit my stride and sort of feel like I was really staying on top of everything, but it is fast paced and, you know, something different every hour. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when things are moving at that clip, they just, they got to get off the, off the belt That's and into right. the world. That's,
1: <laughs> right. Right. That's right. Next.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the world keeps on turning. That's it the does. thing I've learned over time, right? It keeps it on does. going. It does. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, Diane, this is so great. Anything you want to share with our FCBA uh, listeners before we, we sign off and go watch our shows for the evening? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I just want to thank you, Kelly. You made this so easy. Um, you know, you you're a natural at this. So I appreciate your giving me the chance to to come and talk. I'm not always one of those folks who likes to share a lot of personal stuff. But you know, you, you, you asked some really good questions and uh, made it easy to talk about myself, which I also don't like to do a lot. So thank you for what you do and uh, look forward to hearing from more of our FCBA, uh, not only the officers and, and, and the elected folks, but also just
0: some of the members when you get, when you get to talk with them. Oh well, thank you. I'm I'm looking forward to continuing these conversations as well. You, it has been such a treat uh, getting to know you a little bit better today, Diane. I know we've crossed paths in the ba- in the past, but this has just been phenomenal. I'm glad that you've shared with us and shared with me. I really appreciate. Uh, the opportunity, and and I hope we get to uh, have a, a jerk chicken or some tasty, maybe less spicy treat in person when we're all out of this pandemic and you're back in the back in the DC area in the new building, and yeah. we'll, we'll we'll have a toast.
1: We we will make it a plan. Thanks so much, Kelly.
0: You bet. Thanks, Diane. Thanks again for tuning in to today's FCBA podcast. If you enjoyed it, please take a minute to subscribe. And of course, feel free to spread the word. If you have a story or a talent you'd like to share, give me a call or shoot me an email and we'll get you on the show. Until then, don't forget to take a little time to get unplugged.